0: The Fanny Mechanics Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep, and open up about women's health. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to The Fanny Mechanics Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash, and this episode is proudly brought to you by City Fertility, global leaders in fertility and IVF. In this episode, we dive into the topic of omega 3 fatty acids. We go deep with dietitian Stephanie Velarcas, also known as the dietologist. Stephanie opens up about omega-3 fatty acids. What are they? Why are they a big deal? Where do we get them from in our diet? We discuss omega-3 supplements, their role in women's health, such as PCOS and endometriosis, the role of omega-3 in fertility and pregnancy. A little bit about Stephanie Velarcas. She is an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist. Stephanie and her virtual practice are dedicated to excellence in nutrition for reproductive health concerns, fertility and pregnancy. Her passion for nutrition in this space has truly grown from her experience helping her clients online from around the world and also through her own personal experiences of navigating a diagnosis of endometriosis. I've left links in the show notes for how you can connect and learn with Stephanie. I hope you enjoy our chat. Stephanie Villacas, welcome back. Yay, I'm back. <laughs> this time we're talking about omega 3 fatty acids. Yes. Uh, what the hell are they
1: and why are they a big deal? Yeah. Um, omega 3 fatty acids are long chain polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, What that really means is it has a long chain of fat (laughs) and there is a double bond at the three position which makes it an omega-3 from the end. Um, So that's really the chemical understanding of what an omega-3 fatty acid is. What most people actually need to know about omega-3s and why they are a big deal is because they are an essential fat, which means our body cannot make them. We need to eat them to acquire them. And they are pretty important in keeping us healthy, um, making sure that we manage things like inflammation, supporting healthy blood flow, supporting the health of our cells and having a healthy heart, healthy cholesterol levels. So, yeah, I mean, they're a pretty big deal because most of us don't get enough of them. Um, and our food supply has kind of changed in a way that we probably don't get as much um, as well. And our dietary patterns have changed. So that's probably led to this kind of omega-3 um reduction and they are just so beneficial for our overall health and as well we'll talk a little bit more about fertility in a moment i'm sure but um yeah they are, they are absolutely a big deal we we need to be we need to all be having enough omega 3s very important
0: so where exactly can we get them from in our diet
1: so there are two main ways that we can get omega 3s in our diet the first way is plant-based sources. So so that's your chia seeds, walnuts, flax seeds, hemp seeds. Those sources are forms of what is called ALA. So those types of omega-3s, whilst absolutely have benefit, their ability to be converted into the more potent and absorbable forms of omega-3, EPA and DHA, also known as the marine omega-3s, is very small. So you're talking a 7% to maybe 12% conversion of ALA from those chia seeds and nuts into those long-chain EPA and DHA forms of omega-3s, which unless you're eating like a bucket of nuts a day, which I wouldn't recommend, is probably not going to get you anywhere near how much EPA and DHA you probably need. So on the flip side, you've then got your marine omega-3s, which are found in oily or deep-sea fish like salmon, ocean trout, um, also sardines, anchovies, mackerel. So those species of fish are rich in omega-3s, particularly EPA and DHA. and So that's another way we can get it in. Now, the only non-fish-based source of EPA and DHA is um, DHA-rich algae, which obviously we probably aren't going to eat, but is mostly found in supplemental form. But that would be preferential for people who are following a plant-based diet or a vegan diet or don't want to consume any fish product. They are best to look for an algae-based DHA um, to make sure that they're getting that important omega-3.
0: So vegans and vegetarians would be at high risk of omega-3
1: deficiency? Yeah. Absolutely. But I think in general, the population, even people that do consume fish, most of us don't consume fish super regularly. Um, Often I find people when I talk to them, they're like, oh yeah, salmon like once a week, but mm, I haven't had any this week or maybe even last week. So maybe it's like once every two to three weeks. So when we start to look at it like that, it's really not enough. When we're talking about adequate omega-3s through diet alone, we're looking at two 150 gram portions of oily fish per week at a minimum, um, and then certain people are going to need more omega threes, like we just said. So people that follow vegan,arian diet, or people that have inflammatory conditions may benefit from higher omega three intake. So, yeah, we need to kind of weigh it all up. But um, yeah, the plant based diets will certainly be a big issue, but. I generally find as a population we could be doing better in this um, particular fat for sure.
0: So I assume then that you regularly recommend omega-3 supplements to people?
1: Yeah, I would say there are a few people that I don't <laughs> recommend mm. them. Um, I think the only people I don't is um, pescatarians that consume Um, quite a lot of fish um, regularly, but most people can benefit from an omega-3 supplement, less in particular medical circumstances. So obviously speak to your healthcare provider. But in my practice where I see mostly people with reproductive health concerns like PCOS and endometriosis, people preparing for conception, people going through IVF, all those situations, absolutely higher amounts of omega-3s and adequate omega-3s are really important. And so I tend to prefer to use a fish oil-based supplement that is derived from sardines and anchovies. So you've got less risk of any kind of mercury accumulating Or if they prefer a vegan product, I would use an algae-based DHA as a supplement. So yeah, they're my my preferences. And then we can kind of scale up and down based on how well they're going with their diet and other changes that happen along the way. And you can even do some pretty basic at-home tests now to test omega-3 status in in your blood. Mm, Tell us more about those. Yeah, so it's a finger prick test um, that you can do at home and it goes off to a lipid lab um, there's one here in Australia, but there's some other lipid labs that are, are around the world, and um, they give you a percentage of what your blood level of omega-3 is currently at and what it should be at. So ideal is about eight to twelve percent um, should be omega-3s of your red blood cells, but um, commonly I'm seeing people in the four to kind of six percent range, um, sometimes seven percent, but Almost everyone that takes that test probably has some room for improvement in terms of omega-3s. So it's a good little eye-opener for many people that um, helps with them being a little bit more compliant with their omega-3 supplements and their salmon intake, that's for sure. Is it an expensive test? No, it's pretty, it's pretty affordable. It's $50 um, including all the return shipping and so on. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty affordable and it's really quick. You can do it at home yourself. It's like a blood sugar prick. Mm. Uh, as long as you're not scared of doing that to yourself, <laughs> most people find it's, it's pretty easy to do. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, so talk more on omega-3 fatty acids and women's health, particularly around fertility and pregnancy
1: yeah so omega-3s when it comes to reproductive health um, can be so useful even if you aren't trying to conceive so say for example you have pcos so with pcos we know there's an element of inflammation so omega threes can going to help there with there's an element of insulin resistance omega-3s might be helpful with that as well And we've also got, in the case of, say, endometriosis, another inflammatory condition it's going to be beneficial. And then period pain, it can be really helpful to help with prostaglandin production, which I talked about a little bit in the um, endo uh, episode. So... Yeah, I think omega-3s can be really useful for a variety of different health concerns irrespective of fertility. But when it comes to fertility, it's really helpful when preparing for egg freezing or egg collection for IVF or just unassisted conception because it can help protect the egg from damage um, and it can also help support healthy blood flow in the lead up to implantation. So that is another benefit of um, adequate omega-3s. And then into pregnancy, we want to be focusing on omega-3s because this is the raw material that baby's brain and eyes and nervous system will develop from. So it's important to have um, some extra omega-3s. And then there's also been some really cool data that's come out showing that adequate omega-3 status reduces the risk of early or preterm labour as well. So, and and quite significantly, there's a tenfold reduction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously preterm and early labour are very complex um, areas of of health and they have multiple factors that go into them, not just omega-3 status. But it's very interesting that they were able to find that link. Um, so, yeah, I think omega-3s from from managing some common reproductive health concerns through to fertility and pregnancy is absolutely a key staple. You shouldn't overlook it, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when I was doing my training and doing obstetrics, so the last time I delivered a baby was 10 years ago, um, well, now 11. But I don't ever recall being told that maybe we should be talking to patients about their diet at the time of a preterm birth um, yeah. you know, What were you eating at the time? What were your What was your diet like? What supplements were you taking? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a very important point. Um,
1: yeah. Hmm. Especially if you see someone who's experienced that before and is trying to conceive again, they're often really wanting to do anything they can within their power to try to prevent that from happening again, because it can be obviously a very emotional and traumatic. Experience for parents to go through an early preterm labour. So, um, yeah, I think it's just another tool in the tool belt that we can we can use as healthcare providers. Absolutely, a pretty
0: simple tool too, as well, isn't it?
1: Super simple. Most people are so open to it as well.
0: Speaking of open, I was going to ask you about books. Any good books around any of this at the moment that you're reading or have read?
1: Oh, I don't read for work anymore. Fun fact: um, <laughs> my brain is is done by six o'clock. With you're probably
0: reading stuff. heaps of, medic, of like journals, and so you're doing yeah. obviously a lot of reading.
1: <laughs> I read journals, and so that's the thing when like I get gifted so many amazing books, and you know clients will ask, and I just can't bring myself. I only read them when I go on holiday, which just goes to show you how long I haven't been on a holiday for. <laughs> but <laughs> I've been reading um, some really good books in just in general about this arena are um, the PCOS Diet Plan, which I really like for PCOS, um, some good endo books, Pain and Prejudice by Gabrielle Jackson, which you introduced me to. Yeah, great how to Endo, which is a new one by um, Bridget Huswaith. I always say her name incorrectly, so I hope I didn't butcher it. Um, that's a new book. I haven't opened it yet, but everyone else seems to rave on about it, so I'm going to go with it. it Must Be Good. And um, around, oh, I picked up another book around fertility recently. It was quite practical. It was by um, Dr. Teo in Perth, um, What to Eat for Fertility. I think that's the official name of it but I might have mismatched the title a little there. but yeah that's there are some really good books to get started yeah
0: Yeah. I've um I've seen that one a lot the what to eat for for fertility and I've many times wanted to to purchase that I might have to do that after today (laughs) thanks for the reminder Steph (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) And thanks again for coming on the show and, and um, informing us of some really interesting and practical information as always.
1: My pleasure. Thanks again for having me.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Stephanie Valakis. Share this episode with someone if you think it will help them. Please subscribe to the Fanny Mechanic channel. And if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating, please. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash, Fanny Mechanic, and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear cool people I can interview, or books for us to read and share. Until next time, stay funny-tabulous.